Hello and welcome to another episode of the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. I'm joined by my co-host Damo and friend of the pod, TN, from the FPL Planner. How are we, fellas? Good, good. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. I might get kick into the how my team went this week. Um, the stars of my team this week, thank God, was uh, Antonio Jimenez and Salah. I really was thankful that the Wolves finally returned for me after investing the triple up. bit disappointed in Shaw and Trent Alexander-Arnold and Ronaldo this week. They didn't really do much at all, to be honest. They just pretty much looked pretty on my team, and that was about it. Um, finished up on 73 points with uh, Captain Antonio, which I thought was a pretty good idea seeing as I was tossing up between him and Ronaldo. So I was lucky and I went the better option. Finished up the week ranked 81K and total of 432 points. So not too bad considering my premiums didn't really hit the points that I was hoping. But, yeah, how'd you go, Damo? Um, well, you've jumped me. I'm uh, on 428 overall points with a rank of um, 112K. Uh, I finished up on 52 minus 4 because uh, I took a hit, even though I said I wouldn't. I actually did. But in saying that, my captain, uh, I captained Antonio, given that I would uh, wanted him back. So uh, nailed the captain choice. Uh, flops being Shaw, TAA, Ronaldo. Uh, my stars being Jota finally scoring, Salah, St. Max, who keeps uh, playing well, and obviously Antonio. Um, other than that, my my bench looked great. I uh, should have played Rafinha, who scored eight, and Semedo, who scored six. So I left 14 points on the bench, which uh, would have helped me greatly, but uh, we live and learn. Uh, you, would have, you wouldn't have um, lost your position to me, mate, if you had it on that. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> oh, well, it's like you win some, you lose some, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How'd you go this week, Tien? Um, Yeah, so it started off um, not so good because I, um, unlike you two, our captain Ronaldo, um, so he blanked um, uh, together with Shaw, zero, and Greenwood, uh, two points, so that wasn't great. Um, but then I got Salah, Antonio, Sa, Jota, and Jimenez all um, made a nice return for me. So I ended up the game week with uh, 50, 50 points uh, and an overall point of 458 and a slight drop in rank from 4K to 5.2K. Jeez, I've so, yeah. some points in the bank, mate. <laughs> Doing well. Yeah, can't complain too much about it. Um, now, obviously, you know, well, we were talking about um, the captaincy earlier and, and both of you went for Antonio and, and I chose uh, Ronaldo. And um, even though he blanked, I wasn't too um, worried about it because, uh, you know, coming into the game week, I know that Ronaldo would be the, the highest captain and, and have the highest effective ownership as well. So even if he blanked, uh, a lot of people would have blanked as well. So I wasn't, I wasn't too worried. Yeah, that's fair enough. I might get you to touch on the effective ownership. Just I don't, I don't really know a lot about it, and I know a lot of the listeners probably wouldn't know too much about it. So it might be interesting if you can sort of enlarge on that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, effective ownership, um, um, it's like a, a calculation that take into the the um, not only the players' ownership, uh, but also um, you know how many people who start the player, uh, how many people you know who might captain the player as well. Um, so, for example, if a player is owned by uh, 100% of managers uh, and captained by 50% of managers, then their effective ownership will be 150%. Uh, 
Um, and you really need to look at, you know, effective ownership around your, your rank tier because that will affect your rank the most. That, that's good to know because I was, yeah, I was definitely wondering what the impact was on the people that picked Ronaldo when he blanked and the people that went Antonio and Salah, whether they got more of a boost in their rankings due to the captaincy pick. So that's very interesting. Um, we might get into the FPL Twitter League template team. Um, this week, the lineup was Trent Alexander-Arnold, Shaw, Livramento, Salah, Ben Rama, Joda, Rafinha, uh, Captain Ronaldo, Antonio, and Jimenez. So finished the week on 50 points, which isn't too bad considering the carnage that happened this week with the premium players and was ranked at 1.95 million for the week. So not too bad at all. And finishing on 448 points ranked 18.5K, which is a small red arrow, but still a respectable position and much higher than myself and Damo. So still doing a lot better than us. Yeah, so it looks like the Australian Twitter um, template team is doing pretty well at the moment. No, definitely. I should uh, should change my team, maybe swap. <laughs> okay, we might get into the official FPL Amateurs of Oz League this week. Um, I'm sitting ranked, I think I'm about, uh, where is it, 15th. So not great. Still wanting to try climb that ladder just because it is my league, so I should be sitting around the top, but at the moment it's not to be. Okay, first place so far is FPL Mac on 458 points, which has jumped UTN, who was in second place on 458 points, and third was she was only 11 on 60 uh, on 455 points. Very so, nice, very nice. It's it's definitely getting competitive up there. Yeah, no, definitely. I I did claw back some points on you, but you're still ahead by quite a bit. So, <laughs> plenty of time, mate. Plenty of time. Yep, long way to go. I might get into the week six reviews. Um, start off with Manchester versus Aston Villa. It was a very disappointing result as a Man United fan. So it wasn't a great watch seeing how many chances we had and just couldn't find the target or the goal. So I might touch on a couple of players that I was looking at. Um, I will start with Watkins. He actually looked really good and he's continuing to string a few games together where he's that he's passing the eye test. He just hasn't obviously got that fantasy return, but definitely I could see him being a very popular pick coming into week nine when their fixtures do open up a bit and get a bit easier. Um, in regards to Ings, I saw that he was subbed off in the second half, which makes me think that Watkins could be a 90-minute player barring injury. So definitely something to look at, especially if Watkins is 7.3, so he's a lot cheaper than Ings. Um, in regards to Man United, I looked at Bruno. He had a really good game. Um, didn't get the fantasy return, but he – I can't remember how many shots he had, but it looked like he was shooting every time he touched the ball. So definitely for the people that are choosing to not go for Ronaldo and stick with Bruno to the fixtures get a bit harder, I could see it might pay off if he continues to do what he was doing this game. And um, sure – uh, he went off injured. I'm not sure how bad it is, but I've decided to get him out this week, and I'd say a lot of owners would be jumping ship as well. So anything else you guys like to add on that? Yeah, so I, I actually um, I'm the same boat. I, I have Shaw and Ronaldo as well, and also have Greenwood. Actually, Greenwood took the most number of shots and shot in the box yeah. uh, in this game. Uh, but it seems to me like the Greenwood is, is 
is lacking a little bit of confidence since uh, Ronaldo's arrival. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we just have to to, to watch and see what what happened to, to the team and, and to um, the way they play with uh, Ronaldo with the team. Uh, and the other thing is, I'm I'm still not hundred percent sure who's actually on penalties at the moment. Because I did see Ole talk about how it's not going to be dictated before the game on a set player. It's going to be more like a circumstance type of thing. But I think Ronaldo I, will probably get first crack, I'd say. I think, actually, given um, Bruno's Bruno's put out a tweet, which is, I think, about four or five pages long. And <laughs> in that tweet, he sort of, uh, run through sort of his thoughts about uh, missing the pen and all that kind of stuff. And the way that it, he made it sound, he'll still be on pens. So um, just sort of note that um, in terms of potentially Bruno may take the next pen, uh, even though he missed one. Uh, for my sort of part in terms of this game, I'm not going to touch on Man U because you guys covered it quite well, but I do want to touch on Villa uh, there. Run is starting to open up uh, between game weeks 8 and 13. So I would say that, uh, soon will be a time to load up on um, Villa assets. Uh, I will talk uh, about some defensive assets later on in the dif- differentials. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just want to sort of uh, say the same thing that you said, Quentin, with uh, Watkins. Uh, and Target could have had a goal as well. So... Those are a couple that um, did look good for Villa. Yeah, yeah just want to add that I, I actually have Watkins as my uh, differential pick as well, which I'll touch on a little bit later. Very nice. Good ones, think alike. <clears throat> okay, so I've got the next game. The next game was West Ham and Leeds. And, uh, yeah, this was a game that uh, was up and down. And right at the end, we um, snatched that victory with an another Antonio uh, winner, which was uh, fantastic, the way that he uh, uh, sort of leads our, our line at the moment. Uh, in terms of West Ham, they've, sort of, they've still got not a bad run in terms of um, who they're playing. They've uh, Bar Liverpool, which they play uh, in about five game weeks' time. Their run is actually quite decent. Brentford, Everton, Tottenham, Villa, all winnable games uh, for, for West Ham. I would say if you're on the Ben Rama Antonio double up, stick to it for now. I wouldn't look anywhere else, though, and I definitely wouldn't look at our defence, uh, given uh, our sort of defensive uh, fragilities in terms of not being able to keep a clean sheet. So uh, if you avoid West Ham defence uh, but go for sort of those attackers, uh, in particular Ben Rama and Antonio, uh, you can even throw Bowen in there, uh, four nails if you want sort of cheaper options. Uh, then that's sort of West Ham in a nutshell. In terms of Leeds, then again they're sort of they're a bit of a funny team and they're up and down. Uh, I don't know what to make of them. So their their next five uh, are quite good in terms of their fixtures. So Watford, Southampton, Wolves, Norwich, and Leicester. So they've got a very good. Uh, fixtures. Uh, they've actually got a decent set of fixtures right up until about game week 15 as well. I think their hardest one is about is Tottenham. But in saying that, you just don't know what you're going to get with, with Leeds. So I would say Rafinha is the best. As we said, we've said in previous weeks, Rafinha is probably the best 
uh, Leeds Asset, Bamford if fit. But other than that, again, same thing with West Ham. I would not be looking at defensive assets for Leeds. Uh, what, about, what about you guys? Do you have any thoughts on uh, either side? Um, I might just echo what you said about Antonio and Rafinha. Antonio is just, yeah, you can definitely keep him for the next four weeks. Like they do have a mixed in hard fixture in there, but with against Tottenham, but as you said, Tottenham against Arsenal, it might not be so hard for you guys. So you never know. And then Rafinha, I just, I can't entertain anyone else but Rafinha from Leeds at the moment till I see more, till I see a fit Bamford, I might have a look, but I don't think I will bring him in. I'll have my eyes on someone else. But, yeah, definitely Rafinha is probably the best option there. What about you, TN? Do you have anything to add, mate? Uh, yeah, I think I just want to touch on on the, the sort of the the new template that is currently being formed with, uh, like, you know, going big at the back, uh, you know, like loading up on the Chelsea and, and Man City defenders. Uh, and that means that, you know, perhaps you can only have Antonio. Uh, and in midfield, um you probably need to pick between Ben Rama and Rafinha to be, you know, sort of like a 6.5 um, million midfielder spot. Um, yeah, so for me, I, I think I, I'm leaning a, a bit towards Rafinha at the moment. Uh, so I'm definitely keeping a keen eye on him. Yeah, definitely. So um, you're looking at the uh, the mullet strategy, are you? The uh, name name of our pod, uh, isn't it, Quentin? Do you want to touch on what the mullet strategy is? Yeah, before we get into the next game, I might touch on the mullet strategy. As you see in the last few weeks, people have been loading up on these premium defenders and actually getting a decent return from them. So I thought I'd come up for name, which is the mullet strategy. So spend less up front and uh, party in the back. Spend all your money and um, <laughs> let it hang and ride it out. Yeah, yeah actually, nice. very, yeah, but very nice, very nice. I, actually, that that leads very well into the next game that I'm talking about, which is Man City versus <laughs> Chelsea. Nice. Um, because I, you know, I was watching this game live, you know, together with the the United Villa game as well, and and Man City, uh, they look really lively, um, you know, with De Bruyne back in the team. Um, and I think before the game, a lot of people expected Chelsea to win, or at least you know, got a draw out of it, but. Man, like Man City was all over them. Um, the defensive um, fullbacks and and the the, the centre backs as well. They all look very solid. So actually, I'm leaning towards you know having at least one Man City defender or perhaps even two, um, like Cancelo and, and Diaz. Seems like a very good um, option to to have it you know at the back as well. Um, the other option I was looking at. Um, from Man City is, is actually Jesus. Like, like he actually looked all right. He started five out of six games, um, like mostly to the right hand side. Uh, but he has, has looked quite lively, and I think he's taken Morris' uh, place from the from the right hand side by the look of it. So, so yeah, he's definitely one, one to watch. Uh, if um, sort of the six point five million um, forward um, is something that he's looking at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, from, from Chelsea, um, I think they didn't have a good game, um, to be honest. Um, but I, I don't think it can overlook their, their upcoming fixtures as well. And, and they kept um, four clean sheets in the last six games. So, again, their um, defensive asset will definitely be on a, a very, very hot um, asset at the moment. Um, so some people are looking at one. Perhaps you can double up as well. I personally, I'm more... Um, 
to leaning towards having one Chelsea and two Man City defenders um, together with um, TAA. So that you know, big four at the back, uh, which is the the mullet yeah, strategy that, that they're looking at. Bloody beautiful mullet that is. <laughs> that yeah. is huge, yeah. Yeah, and of course the other option uh, you have to look at um, from Chelsea is Lukaku. Um, I think Lukaku up front is a no-brainer, and I think a lot of people will be looking to to move uh, from Ronaldo to Lukaku from from this week onwards. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a pretty good shout. I sort of I've written down the same people. Um, you could say. Uh, Jesus is walking on water at the moment by the look of it. <laughs> Very nice one. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with the Cancelo pick and the Diaz pick, I think. One of those two, you're, you're pretty safe there. And I think if you're wanting to buy into the midfield without paying the Kevin De Bruyne price, you could go Grelish. But, yeah, definitely like a shout. And um, I agree with the Chelsea. I think you'd either go Rudiger or Alonso and then <laughs> – Pair them with Lukaku, I think it's a good shout. What about you, Damo? Yeah, I just wanted to add um, James is more than likely out for four to six weeks. So if, you're, if you've got him, he's a trade-out, uh, given that uh, it's uh, an ankle injury. I've sort of done a bit of um, research on it, and, yeah, it looks like he's going to be gone from four to six weeks at a minimum. Um, what I just wanted to say, I agree with Tien about... Uh, a Chelsea asset and a Man City asset. I would the way that I would do it uh, in terms of my strategy will more than likely be picking one uh, Chelsea. Well, sorry, uh, one centre back, one uh, full back. So I might go Rudiger and uh, Cancelo, or, or if I go alternatively, I'll go Alonso and Diaz. Just so I've got that little bit sort of security down back in terms of uh, the potential of rotation, especially with uh, a lot. Well, I say especially with Alonso, but Chilwell sort of hasn't really had a look in yet, has he? So we say that, but uh, it'll be it'll be one of those two that I sort of bring in for sure this week, uh, whether it's Riga or, or, or Alonso. So. Um, yeah, but in terms of balancing things out, I would say if you're going to bring in those assets, I'm as you, I've said, I've said in previous weeks, I'm not a fan of bringing in two uh, defenders from the same team. So in terms of uh, Chelsea or Man City or whatever the case may be, just sort of because of the risk of, of it in terms of um, clean sheets and things like that, I like to spread it out. So, but I will be bringing in. Man City and Chelsea defensive assets, uh, and those are probably the four that I'm looking at. No, definitely. It's always good to have a finger in each pie. You don't really want to put yourself in one basket like I did with Wolves because you saw how that turned out last week. But yeah. Then again, it I turned will, out good this week. So. Yeah, and I will say I will say in terms of Lukaku, uh, I will look into getting him at some stage, but I think I want to keep Ronaldo at least for another game week or so, maybe two, uh, before I move over to Lukaku. Lukaku. But in saying that, if Lukaku comes out and scores a bag this week, you're going to have to reconsider it. Yeah, no, definitely. I might get into Everton and Norwich. Um, Two plays that I took out of this game were Jacore and Gray. They, um, They look like they're actually performing great together. They're creating chances together. And it seems like Jacore is playing the ball to Gray and then he's getting more advanced up the field and then getting the ball back, which you saw when he scored his goal. So 
I think them two together, you could go one or the other, but I mean, their fixtures are starting to get a bit harder as the, as the weeks go on, but I would not turn people off getting Tricore because he's only at 5.6, which is a lot cheaper than Gray, but, and even Townsend's looking pretty good as well, but I don't think I'm going to be entertaining any evident assets at this point in time, but we'll see how we go. And um, just to touch on an old member of the pod, um, Kenny McLean, he didn't um, score a bag on the weekend demo, so I felt much better about kicking <laughs> off the pod. So <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Um, anything else you guys like to add on that? Uh, for myself, um, I do want to add in terms of now I know, as you said, evidence fixtures are turning, so we're probably not going to look at evidence assets if you haven't already got them, but um, did want to t- touch on Townsend in terms of that trio with Decore and Gray. Uh, Townsend has looked good as well. In terms of Norwich, um, again, they've still got great fixtures between game week 7 and 14, except for Chelsea. But uh, other than Williams and potentially Pookie, I wouldn't entertain anyone from Norwich. How about yourself, Tien? Um, yeah, personally, I, I think these are the fixtures turned from from Everton. I'm, I'm not looking at any uh, any of them at the moment. So I, I, I think I agree with you that you know if you if you have any, uh, perhaps you can hold because of, you know they're pretty good value at like the five point five or five point eight million uh, mm-hmm. spot. Well, but yeah, I'm, I'm not looking to to get anyone in. Um, similarly with Norwich, I, I don't think I can trust them as much to. To um to have any of them in, in my um, fifteen man squad at the moment. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think the next game's mine, and it was uh, Leicester versus Burnley. Uh, Vardy party is it? Is the Vardy party back? Uh, Leicester again still have an incredible run uh, in terms of. Uh, in terms of who they're playing, Crystal Palace, Man United, Brentford, Arsenal and Leeds. So other than Man United, I don't think anyone should, any one of those should scare them. Uh, their decent run continues between game week 7 and 18, uh, to, to 18. Uh, again, the only ones that are really of concern there are Man United and Chelsea. Uh, from Leicester itself, uh, I would say, obviously, looking at Vardy, but as I've said in previous weeks, it's not a matter of looking at Vardy and just putting him in. Given that he's 10.4, uh, you're sort of going to have a look, go, going to see what, where your strategy lies in terms of fitting him in. Um, but he does look very good. Uh, Lookman got his first start over Madison. He's another one that I'm keeping an eye on at the moment. Uh, not looking to bring him in, but uh, I'm keeping an eye on him. Uh, for Burnley... They do have a great, again, another great run between 7 and 18, bar Man, Man City and Chelsea. Uh, the only ones I would really be looking at if I was to bring anyone in is probably me. Uh, but uh, at 4.9, he's probably a touch too pricey in terms of um, down there when you're looking at, you know, whether you want to go big at the back. And there are sort of better options in terms of, uh, Tierney at 4.9 as well. Even some cheaper options are probably better than better than me. Um, and that's pretty much it in terms of that game itself. Is there uh, anyone you're interested in, Tien, from Leicester or Burnley? I, I think you've covered quite well, but but I just want to echo that that Vardy. I think he will he will just keep you know sort of ticking along. Uh, he will just 
keep scoring and 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 not getting much attention. I, I think it's because of his price point. It's it's a bit tricky to fit him in with any strategy at the moment. Um, other than that, I, I think I, I want to just give, give a good quick shout to Chris Wood. If anyone want a want a one week punt, um, Chris Wood is actually a good punt for this week uh, against Norwich. Um, but obviously, you know, only if uh, you are wild carding in game week eight. Uh, which then you can take him out. No, that's a good shout. Could be Christmas comes early with Christmas wood for one week only. <laughs> well, uh, I'm pretty sure Ben Krillin brought, brought him into his team this uh, last week. So uh, if the great Ben Krillin can have him in his team, I'm sure um, uh, <laughs> the uh, FPL Twitter world can as well. Definitely. Yeah. I pretty much um, said the same thing as you. I just had Vardy in capital letters. He he's actually looking quite entertaining, and I'm I'm trying to crunch the numbers to see if I can do a Jimenez, Lukaku, and a Vardy front three. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Mm, definitely. Okay, so next game we we have Watford. Uh, and Newcastle. I, I think this this was a pretty exciting game. Uh, I think both teams missed some some good chances as well. And and uh, and um, I have saw myself. Um, I transferred him in for Benrahma last week, so I think he's been doing pretty well for me. Um, from other than him, I think in in Watford um, Foster is is definitely a great four point zero keeper option um, if you haven't already got him. Um, so, on your wild card, that that you know, Fosso is a perfect four point zero keeper option uh, as a backup. From Newcastle, obviously, you know, you guys uh, made a call on Sang Masterman the other day. Um, he's been really doing well, I think, uh, and he was pretty unlucky not to have more returns because I think he created two big chances for for his teammates uh, who didn't put them away. On the other hand, I think if you don't. You don't already have him at six point seven million now. I think uh, he's 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 an okay option to, to hold, uh, but I don't think his his features are very good. Um, especially you know in 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 with Wilson is is about to come back as well, so you never know what's going to happen. You know when Wilson is back and how he's going to play in the team, um, and also there. Perhaps uh, better options at the same price point, like Tony or Adam Armstrong, that he can look at. No, that's that's yeah. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say the same thing in terms of Saint Max. He's you know he's been a great option if you've, if you've got him, ride him until you uh, can. But uh, I would have to say in game week eight or nine, I'll be sort of going all in a bit on Brentford assets with uh, with Tony, and I think Tony's going to be my um, Saint Max swap. Uh, as much as I've enjoyed owning St. Matt's, uh, I think it might be almost, almost time to uh, move on from him, not this week because he's got Leeds, but potentially uh, the week after when he's got Liverpool. Well, you could be. Uh, no, sorry, no, sorry. Sorry, I apologise. That's the Watford fixtures. Uh, <laughs> Newcastle have Wolves and uh, then Tottenham. So um, I would say uh, Wolves, uh, it's good to hold him for Wolves. But yeah, I'll be I'll probably potentially looking to to move him on for that Tottenham game for um uh, for Tony. Apologies about that. 
Well, he might blank in the Wolves game and score three against Tottenham <laughs> the way it's going at the moment. So you might be able to hold him through to Chelsea. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. You never uh, know. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, just just want to quickly touch on Saar as well. I, I think if you're thinking of bringing him in, um, it's probably a little bit too late. I, I think yeah, his I think time yeah, his time was two weeks ago. So, you know, if, if you have him, then then he can hold. But if not, I, I, I probably wouldn't bring him in this, this week. Yeah, no, that's so definitely... An, I was going to say, there's another rule to FPL that um, I've slowly been saying on these pods, and uh, the one rule is, another rule is, don't chase points. So... Uh, you know, if you bring in Sarnell, you're not going to get his Hall of 15. Uh, so try, instead of looking to grab uh, someone who's already made those points, try to look for the next big thing. So uh, that's sort of the advice that I would give uh, in terms of uh, how to play FPL. No, that's Definitely. that's that's a good, um, good bit of advice there. And also with St. Maxim, you're probably nearly going to, be sitting at that 6.9 by the time you want to get him out. So that'll be a very juicy uh, trade down as well for you to get a bit of money in the bank. Mm. Um, I, I think um, I've got another player in my differentials that might be the next big thing that you can um, get on. So we'll wait till then. Wait. Um, next up, we've got Southampton and Wolves. Um, I was supposed to be uh, going to sleep for work, but um, the my – balance of my team pretty much was in this game so it was either if they went really good I was looking good if they went really bad well I was going to look like a pretty bad score so <laughs> I stayed awake just to watch it and um yeah they delivered in spades man up with 28 points from Saar Jimenez and Semedo so pretty good day in the office for three players that I I'd sort of from when I did my wild card my plan was to have the three Wolves assets which was a little bit risky but Definitely this game, they um they looked a lot better in attack. And to be fair, Jimenez probably should have had two goals and Saar could have had a second assist from goalkeeper. So it <laughs> could, could have been actually even bigger, but yeah, not you don't see uh, you don't see assists from keepers uh, very often. But uh, I've got to say, uh, I think Sanchez almost had one as well this week. So it would have been an interesting week for keepers. Uh, but um, it was... Great, great return from Saar. So, well done picking that one, uh, Quentin. Yeah, no, very yeah. well done. Very stuff, well done indeed. Now, can, can I just add that, you know, that, that Jimenez goals, that, that was big. I, th- I think everyone must have been very happy for him, um, including yeah. myself because I have him in my team and I, I think, he, uh, you know, his return helped me uh, with my game week a little bit. Um, in, in terms of Jimenez, um I would definitely be holding him for the next few fixtures because I think the fixtures are still looking pretty good. Um, but I'm not personally looking to buy any more any more Wolves uh, player uh, or Southampton for that matter. But I might be I might be keeping an eye on Adam Armstrong because uh, I think the fixtures are starting to turn uh, pretty soon as well. Yeah, no, definitely. What about you, Damon? Did you have anything to add on that, mate? Yeah. So in terms of Wolves, you know they do have. A nice set of fixtures so between now and game week 14. Uh, I had written, <laughs> I'd actually written my notes before the Wolves game, so I'd written here, uh, but avoid until we see some the form improve. So now that we're seeing the form improve, uh, I would have to say uh, some some Wolves assets are good. I wouldn't I wouldn't bring in three 
uh, Wolves assets uh, myself, but uh, one or two probably be good. Uh, in terms of Southampton, their runner fixtures are about to turn uh, in game week eight. So they've got a tough uh, fixture this week in Chelsea, but then they've got Leeds, Burnley, Watford and Villa. Uh, I would definitely say if um, you haven't already got Livermento, I know I'll pump him up every week, but uh, he um, is a good asset to have at 4.1, I believe he is, to yeah. sort of stick in that um, last defender spot. And you can play him, uh, you can play him uh, on your field quite comfortably as well. Uh, in terms of other assets, uh, Al Yunusi, he looked quite good. I know he didn't return... But he, in that game itself, I did I did watch that game, the Southampton Wolves game. He was quite attacking. He was unlucky not to get a return. So he's another one that I'll keep an eye on. Uh, and it's the same thing uh, with TN. Uh, if you want sort of a cheap uh, budget and able up forward, Armstrong's probably the one. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'd just touch on Jimenez's goal. He actually looked like the old Jimenez. He beat the players. Um, used his speed and then finished, which he was doing all of last season. So it definitely was a good sight to see when he was doing that as well. So it wasn't just that he scored the goal, it was the way he scored it as well. So no, Definitely. Hopefully that's that's the first of many. Definitely. Okay, you're up, Damo. Yep. So the next game is the uh, London Derby, Arsenal versus Spurs. Uh, not too much to talk about the Spurs side. Uh, they do have some good fixtures, but again, just in terms of uh, their players, there's not really too many I would be looking into bringing in, potentially Son, but that's pretty much it at this stage. Kane just has not looked like himself uh, or the Kane of old, so uh, I wouldn't be entertaining bringing Kane in, and there's not really anyone else that I would be looking at. In terms of Arsenal, though, very much Arsenal are going to be the side that you will be looking uh, into bringing into uh, bringing assets in. Uh, I'll touch on you know Smith Rowe, Saka, even Olba. Uh, they you know all scored goals. Smith Rowe had an assist as well. Actually, Saka and Smith Rowe had an assist as well. So quite big hauls from Smith Rowe and Saka. I think Saka's the one in terms of you're going to bring in. Uh, someone into your side, um, even oh, even Smith Rowe, who's a bit more cheaper, a bit cheaper. Uh, if you don't have Ramsdale, we can safely say now he's probably nailed in that Arsenal side. So uh, at four point five, I'm not sure if he's gone up yet, but at four point five, he's a uh, really really good asset to have, especially with Arsenal's uh, fixtures, which are great up until they play Liverpool in five game weeks time. Five or six, I think it is. Uh, so the only um, run of fi- oh, the only fixtures that are tough between now and game week twenty for Arsenal are Liverpool and Man United. So in ter- in terms of the difficulty uh, fixture, uh, so I would very much say it's not beyond the Browns' possibility to have three Arsenal assets in your side. Um, as I've mentioned before, Tierney's a great op- uh, option, Ramsdale, uh, Saka, even Odegaard. I know he didn't do much in this game, but he's another sort of cheaper one to have. Um, how about you guys? Uh, who would you be looking at? 
Um, I'm a. I'm actually. I feel like I'm the Arsenal's biggest fan at the moment. I've, I'm feeling a bit dirty at the moment. Um, I. I'm a big believer in Saka. I. I was looking at him the other week, and I sort of just wanted to see that fantasy return from him consistently. And watching this game, he was just involved in everything. If it wasn't playing those key passes, he was taking on plays and shooting. So, he managed to get a really good return this week, and I'm actually. Got him in this week in my team, so I'll be definitely riding him. And also, Obama Yang, um, I brought him up last week as a differential pick, and I think that he's building to something. Can he manage to get a goal and probably should have had a second goal this game? So I definitely, at his awkward price point, I know it might turn a lot of people off, but I, I could actually see people maybe upgrading um, the likes of Antonio and running with Orber as a bit of a differential pick because not very many people have him. He's still sitting at about... I think it's one point two percent, or one point. Oh, sorry, he's two percent now. So a few people have got him in this week, but he was sitting at about one point four percent before um, the game week. So definitely could see a bit of a differential, and also the likes of Tierney and Tommy Yasu. I think if you're wanting to save a bit of coin, Tommy Yasu is looking quite great outside, um, running down that wing and putting balls in. But also the premium option out of them too would be Tierney, and I'd be sticking with him if you do have him, but yeah, couldn't argue if you're going either way. So, anything else you'd like to add, Tien? Oh no, I, I, I think I agree. Um, so at the moment I, I have White. Um, I've, I've had him since game week one, um, and actually he's been doing alright last couple of game weeks for, for me. Um, but if I do end up wildcarding in game week eight, um, I think I'm looking at Ramsdale as a replacement for, for Sanchez. Um, and possibly I might be looking at Saka as well as one of the mid-price, uh, mid-view option. Yeah, 6.3 is a pretty good price point there yeah, for definitely. that buy-in to there. Okay, next up, you got the next game, mate. Yeah, so Brentford uh, versus Liverpool. Oh, what a game. I, I, I think it was arguably the most exciting game of the week because uh, I, I think no one expected Brentford to uh, you know, really give Liverpool a, a good run for their money. Uh, and I actually look at the stats and... Brentford actually matched Liverpool in almost all stats uh, in terms of expected goal, expected uh, big chance, uh, big chance created and shot in the box and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, the 3 0 score was actually quite um, quite fair, to be honest. And, and I think Tony, did did he get one goal like, ruled out for offside as well? So that, that could have been, you know, a, a great Brentford win there. Yeah. No, um, yeah. Um, so... So I, I personally, I think Brentford um, is definitely the team to, to look at. Um, and I think we mentioned earlier, Tony's is a, a great option at 6.3 million. Um, and he's, a, you know, the talisman. He's on penalty. Uh, he always looked confident. Um, so he's definitely a good one to look at when the fixtures turn in a couple of game weeks. Um and Bumo is another one that we can look at. He's, he's playing out of position as well as a 5.5 million midfielder. Um, he's looking pretty attacking. He's almost yeah. doing the best impersonation of um, Traore. You, you sit there going, wow, this bloke's going to net about three goals and then he's not really getting the fantasy return. But <laughs> if you know how that works, um, it only takes a matter of weeks where you keep doing that where you, you do break through. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think in terms of defence, um, 
you might want to have a look at Pinnock because I, I think he's an interesting option to, to watch. Uh, Zori got one goal and one assist, uh, and it's 4.6 million. It, it could be a good option to, to look at. Um, don't think there's too much to say about Liverpool. Uh, obviously, Salah has been really looking really great this, this year. I, I think he's probably looking at his best um, so far. We've already got five goals and three assists uh, in six games. So, personally, I think he's a must-have. Uh, you do not remove Salah on your team. No, nah, he's a consistent premium. You, he, he might not be getting you 20 points every week, but he's getting you that five to ten points pretty much most weeks consistently. Yeah, definitely. Now, the other player, uh, obviously, Trent Alex- Alexander-Adam as well. I, I think, personally, again, he's another must-have. I, I don't think he, he he can be removed from any team. He's, he shouldn't be classified as a defender, to be honest. You know, he's, he's more like a a mid-priced um, midfielder, attacking midfielder with clean sheet. So, yeah. Is, is there a worry on him? Because I'd um, read that he didn't travel with the team for uh, the Champions League game. Uh, just there's just sort of a slight doubt on him. I'm not sure if they're either resting, if they will be resting him, or whether it's just a bit of Twitter talk. But um, I might... But everyone should have him, but uh, if you don't have him, maybe hold off until we just sort of have a bit more news on uh, what's going on with him. Yeah, and no, I definitely agree that I, I think I saw rumours that he didn't travel with the team uh, yeah, from the Champions League he wasn't game. On the bus. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on that and uh, see see um, if uh, Clark will you know, let us know anything in the press conference. Um, now, the last player I have uh, in my team as well, which is Jota. Um, and he's he's quite frustrating to own. Um, he's 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 still having great um, numbers, so expected goal and expected assists are still quite high. Uh, he get he had six big chances and only scored three goals so far. So so he's definitely underperforming and and missing like clear chances uh, as well. So obviously, you know, if you have him, maybe this game. Again, Man City is is a good time to uh, to trade out, especially you know with Firmino uh, coming back as well. So his starting plays may be at risk. Um, but personally, I have a good feeling about Jota this game week. I don't know why. So I might be holding him for another game to see what happens. Well, you could be a differential with the amount of people that are getting him out. So if you do yeah. hold, it could be a good um, good play. See, Jot is one of these. Jot is one of these players that, uh, even when he comes off the bench, uh, can light it up. You know, even with ten minutes of game time. So, I would. Uh, I've, I've got more issues in my side at the moment other than Jota. So, I'll be holding. Uh, I'll be starting for good fixtures, and um, then we'll sort of ride out the Jota train for now. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like one of those points where you can understand people getting him out, but you can also understand people who are keeping him. So it's definitely could be a topic of discussion over the next couple of weeks anyway. Um, next up, we've got Palace and Brighton. I might let you start with this one, Damo, and then I'll jump in after. Yeah, no stress. I, I, if I can just touch on uh, the Brent, the last game, Brentford. Oh, yeah. Just wanted to – yeah, no, no, it's all good. I just wanted to touch on a few uh, players that uh, have looked good, uh, Janelt and Wissa. 
they looked quite good. Uh, Wissa uh, was fairly dominant in the uh, EFL uh, Cup game as well. Um, even that uh, force, I think he came on uh, in this in this game. He came on later, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, in terms of differentials, uh, Brentford differentials, there are a few sort of coming up, up and coming that uh, just to sort of keep your eye on when their fixtures turn. Uh, but yeah, say so with the uh, moving to the Palace and Brighton game, uh, obviously a pretty entertaining game uh, with the goal right at the end by uh, Morpé. Uh, in terms of Palace. They've got some good fixtures, uh, Leicester, Arsenal, uh, Newcastle, uh, Man City and Wolves. So uh, it is up and down a little bit, but they've got some decent fixtures between now and game week 14. I would hazard to say Gallagher's the only one that you potentially, if you don't already have him to bring in. Um, He's looked great. He's looked like like he can uh, score a goal or two as well. Uh, the only other one from Palace is probably Edouard, but I want to see a bit more consistency in terms of starting over Benteke before I uh, look at him. In terms of Brighton, they do have some tough upcoming fixtures uh, in Man City and Liverpool in the next four, and they have Arsenal this week. So, uh, you know, Arsenal, then Norwich, Man City, then Liverpool <laughs> doesn't sort of read well for Brighton. Um, so I would hazard say I'm probably going to keep Sanchez because I don't have my wild card. But if I did have my wild card, I'd probably be moving off him. Uh, other than that, I couldn't really suggest like Duffy's looked good, but again, he's a defensive asset. Uh, Trossard again has looked good, but didn't deliver uh, this week. But with those fixtures uh, at and at six point four you're more likely to look at a Saka rather than a Trossard at this stage. So that's pretty much me in terms of Palace and Brighton. Uh, How about you guys? Um, I might touch on Gallagher. He, he looked pretty good. He, he got into the dangerous positions, but just couldn't get that finished product, but he did end up earning that penalty for Zaha. And also Zaha looked really good. Now I think, Gallagher's actually brought him out of his shell and they're kind of bouncing off each other. So I could see a few people looking at Zaha as an option, but at that 6.9 price point, I I wouldn't be able to get him in just with the plans that I've got for my team. But if you were looking at Zaha, I couldn't tell you not to get him in because he does look really good and he could be ready to go on a haul with Gallagher in some of these easier fixtures. Well, he is on penalties too, so he's a... Uh, almost like their talisman. So, uh, yeah, so Zaha's an interesting shout as well. How about you, Tien? Yeah, I think I agree with what you just said. Um, Gallagher is the one I'm looking at um, when I wildcard. And, and at the time, I'll probably move up Sanchez as well because I don't think he uh, he has um, enough save point to, to justify keeping him in for, for those uh, tough fishes coming up. Yeah, no, that's I, I definitely agree with that. He he's a good goalkeeper, but yeah, when you when you're playing the fixtures, it's probably not looking great coming up for a few matchups. So I could definitely um, see a lot of people trading him out, but you never know. People might want to stick fat with him. So um, next up, we might get into the differentials. Um, we'll do a bit of a recap. Last week on the show, 
I spoke about Aubameyang and Heecheng Wang. Um, Aubameyang actually got a goal and almost got an assist and another goal. So I really think at that 9.9, he's a great discount on what he was priced a season and a half ago when he was 11 and a half. So I could definitely see people getting him in as a bit of a differential option, like maybe upgrading from Antonio to Aubameyang or even Vardy. I, I could see a few people trying to do that to get a bit of a differential. And He Cheng Wang, he played all right, didn't really offer much in a fantasy return, but he did start, which we said on last week's show, I could see him starting for Trinkeo, which is what happened this week. So definitely um, two plays to keep your eye on going forward. And this week I wanted to put the eye over Saka because I think from what I've seen on the weekend, it's now three games where he has done what he did on the weekend. This was his best fantasy return, but... Definitely think over the next few weeks of these easier fixtures, he he could actually get a decent return in a few games back-to-back. So definitely one I think that if you do pick him up, could be a great differential. What about you guys? Who are you looking at? Uh, well, I had Trossard and Elianusi last week, who, again, they both didn't return, but um, looked promising, the both, uh, especially Elianusi. Uh, in terms of this week, I... Uh, in terms of uh, differentials, looking at the Villa, uh, the Villa uh, defensive players, so Target and Cash, uh, both quite low owned. But um, if you can't particularly afford uh, Chelsea defensive assets, they might be a shout uh, at a lower price. Uh, their fixture runs quite good and um, have looked really promising in that 3-5-2 setup that uh, Villa had. Um, they're both playing in sort of the win-back role, so uh, they have looked very, very good. How about yourself, Quentin? No, not Quentin, sorry, Tien. Yeah, no, I, I just want to echo on the Villa asset. So my, my pick this week is, is actually Watkins. So at 7.3 millions and only 1.5% on, uh, he's actually looking pretty good. Uh, Three starts out of three, uh, played 90 minutes in all three games, uh, in more like a double attacking role with Ings. Um, but he created, he had two big chances and uh, an expected goal involvement of 1.8. So so I think personally the goals and, and the assists will, will come soon. Um, and the fixtures, as you say, are quite good from um, game week 8 to 13. So, um, you know, if someone wanted an alternative, um, Striker option at 7.5 or less. Um, Watkins is probably worth looking at. That's definitely um, three good plays there. He's a picked out. I was actually, I've picked up cash in our um, draft league that we did the other night as well. So pretty happy with that because he is pretty attacking. So once their fixtures do open up, mm-hmm. I can see cash and target both being good options. And Watkins, I love it. I'm all over it. Um, nice. A couple of players I, was, I put on a watch list sort of, Maybe not pick him up yet. You can watch or even as as um, Tien just touched on with Watkins, you could pick him up as a good option as that third striker. So I had Watkins and Eduard. I'd like to see Eduard actually start more than one game in a row, which is what um, Damo touched on just before. So if he does start over Benteke a few games in a row, I definitely think he's worth watching and maybe bringing in around that week nine if he is getting back-to-back starts. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, the, the one that I've sort of touched on, uh, as I said earlier, is a Brentford asset. 
is 0.1% old uh, owned, and that's uh, Janelt at 5.0. Uh, he's one to watch probably in the next three to four weeks. Uh, again, it looks promising, uh, played well in the uh, EFL Cup as well. So he's my one to uh, watch at this stage. What about you, Tien? Who are you yeah, so, so my player to watch, uh, I think unlike you guys, would, would, you know, not, not like the cheaper options, I'm actually looking at Kevin De Bruyne. Because um, I think he only just came back for the Chelsea game, uh, played the full game, uh, I think. Um, at 11.9, um, with only 1.6% on, I, th- I think he could be a real differential premium to the Lukaku versus Ronaldo debate. Uh, you know, if you can't decide between Lukaku and Ronaldo, maybe perhaps you can just look at Kevin De Bruyne. Um, because against Chelsea, he had four shots, two inside the box, and one big chance created. So it's definitely worth monitoring um, because, you know, if, if he could provide that sort of numbers against Chelsea um, and if he keep you know, himself fit uh, in the next few games, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, no, definitely that's a good shout because he does have the pedigree where he can actually go on an absolute tear and start getting big scores. So definitely one to watch, I agree. Um, next segment we've got up is a shit the bed segment. So just an underwhelming player that's a popular pick amongst the FPL community. So I went with Lukaku. Um, he, he didn't really do a great deal, didn't get his usual amount of shots off or chance creation. So I think for everyone that brought him in, you would have been feeling pretty disappointed, even though it was against Man City, you weren't expecting a massive return, but even from an eye test point of view and just seeing the sh- him try get shots up, he didn't really do that. So definitely a big disappointment for me. What about you guys? Um, Luke Shaw for me. He you know got injured pretty early. He came back on just to get a yellow card and then got injured again. So uh, for a total round, uh, round total of uh, zero points, uh, yeah, just not great. You know, uh, he's been... He's been a player that uh, I have hated having in my, in my side because has all the sort of potential in the world and just has not delivered on it. So I uh, will be moving him onto a Chelsea asset. Uh, it's just a matter of which one. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Tien? Well, there's one man, one man who had high expectation, highly owned the highest effective ownership and highest captain amongst the ten top 10,000 managers. And you can guess who, right? Ronaldo. <laughs> so he, he was very disappointing. And, and I think I think he did have a few shots, um, but only 0.2x expected goal involvement, which is very poor compared to his 16 expected goal involvement per game in the in the previous two games. So a very, very big drop-off in his um, involvement in the game. And, and I think it wasn't too much Ronaldo's problem. I think it was more a United problem uh, because somehow they they struggled to play um, against Villa. Um, there, there, there weren't many crosses um, into the box for Ronaldo, which, uh, you know, you, you would expect. Um, um you know, the quality of crosses for him to, to, to shine. Um, and especially short injury, uh, that certainly didn't help. So, um, yeah, so definitely he was a big um, disappointment for me this week. No, definitely. Um, to touch on the Shaw thing, he just seems to be um, 
wanting to get back at you, Damo. He got the assist in a goal against West Ham and mm. and he got injured and come back on to get a yellow card for your fantasy team. So I think there might be something personal going on there with Luke Shaw. <laughs> yeah, you might be right, mate. <laughs> Um, I might get into the mailbag questions. Um, I might get you to answer the first one, Damo, just because you did speak about cash early on. So I think you could be the perfect uh, easy. candidate. Yeah. So this one come, uh, This question comes from Pommy on uh, my DRSC Slack. So uh, just a shout out to those uh, boys uh, on Dr. Supercoach. Uh, just, so the question was, um, is M Cash? Uh, more viable than a Chelsea defender over the next seven game weeks. So uh, the way I'm sort of going to answer that question and I'll sort of touch with uh, you guys is if you have, and, and again, no pun intended, but if you have the cash, <laughs> I would be going a Chelsea asset in this period um, over uh, cash. In saying that, though, given their setup. And uh, in terms of Villa's setup and the fact that um, the way they're playing uh, and Trezeguet still injured, um, Bailey still injured. So for the short term, he might be worth a punt. So um, does anyone sort of want to talk more about that question there? Um, I think you covered it pretty good. I mean, you probably wouldn't be going him solely over a Chelsea defender, but I could see you going him and a Chelsea defender. So as what you said, upgrading maybe a Tierney or Semedo, even if you have those players up to a cash or something mm. you could do. Yeah, so I, w- I would say if, uh, again, if you've got the money, go for the bigger assets. But, um, yes, yeah, uh, Tien, have you got sort of any thoughts about uh, cash as an option? No, I think I agree with you guys. I, I don't think Cash can cover a Chelsea defender, you know, if, if you can say it that way. Um, I, I think if you want to add Cash on top of this a Chelsea defender, then perhaps. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a Chelsea defender is definitely uh, definitely a must-own must in the next um, set of fixtures. Uh, next up, we have a question from the local, JB. Um, you can hit this one first if you want, and then I'll double up after you finish. Okay, so the question is Saka versus Gallagher, uh, if you had to pick one. So I yeah, actually looked up the, the, the stats as well, and, and Saka, 6.2 million, Gallagher, 5.7 million, both uh, owned by 8% of managers, so very similar sort of differential area. Um, so Gallagher has overall better stats over the six uh, last six game weeks. I think he's ranked first uh, in terms of expected goal involvement amongst all midfielders, 6.2 million or below. Um, but looking at the last three game weeks, Saka has actually done really well. His match, uh, Gallagher's all in here on pretty much all stats. So um, especially um, in terms of, having shot and shot in the box. I think Saka had, had eight shot in the box in the last three games compared to Gallagher too. So so I, I think it's a it's a tough choice really. Um, I, personally, yeah, I no. think Saka has better fixtures and f- the form has picked up recently, um, but Gallagher is cheaper uh, and still provide great value. So, so I think personally, if you can afford Saka um, at 6.2, I, I definitely think, you know, go for him, uh, but you can't go wrong with Gallagher. 
either. No, definitely. Oh, um, anyone's oh. seen the Elder Paso taco ad um, where the little girl's standing there? Why not have both? Is my summary I was just about to say. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I'm. I've got Gallagher, and I've loved having him. And I would have to say that Sakmasaka will be my Jota replacement uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So, if not next week, so. Yeah, so I would um, say if you can grab both, uh, given the fixtures, uh, why not? <laughs> well, there, there's one man who say, who may say otherwise. That's Rafinha, because I do like him. I do like him, and I think with four at the back um, and Salah, I'm not sure mm. you can have all of them. So it's yeah. it, it 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 will be in my mind in the in the next game we've got two. Between these yeah. two um, and, and Rafinha, just depends how I've far you say, want to extend that mullet. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to say though, it's great that we're having these sort of conversations because it looks like the template may just be broken open in the next couple of weeks because you're going to have different strategies coming into play uh, with people wanting to have big guns up top, uh, big guns down back, uh, you know. Uh, maybe a budget midfield. So it's going to be interesting how the template actually changes in the next couple of weeks. No, definitely. Um, next up we might uh, – this should, shouldn't be too long, I'd say. Um, is it time to get off all Man United assets? Um, I think everyone but the two premium assets in Ronaldo and Bruno, I think you could keep them for another three weeks, but definitely wouldn't be holding sure, especially with the injury – cloud at the moment and I don't see them keeping a lot of clean sheets through this run either so but yeah definitely the two premiums you could hold for another two to three weeks I reckon what about you guys yeah I would say um, I, at this point I'm just going to have Ronaldo uh, and then potentially move him to Lukaku in uh, one to two weeks so yeah I think it's a bit uh, time to jump off Man United uh, yourself Tien no, I agree completely. Uh, yeah, between now and game week nine, I think I'll, I'll probably have no uh, United players. Um, next up we got, is Brentford going to be this year's leads and have some consistent fantasy returns? Um, as we touched on earlier, I think once their game fixtures do open at 10, at, at, I mean, a week 10, I think you could possibly have two with Pinnick and uh, Tony or Pinnick and, and, and Boimo depending on who you'd like to go with. But, yeah, I definitely could see people keeping two for a, a good length of games after that week 10. What about you guys? I think uh, Tony and Embuemo, definitely the two uh, to look at. Uh, well, Tony's clear standout number one. Embuemo uh, is your second option. And then there is, you know, quite a number of options as we've, as we've touched upon on the pod. But um, I would hazard say... Uh, almost 100% on Tony and then potentially in Wemo. Uh, yourself, Tien? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, depending on my um, budget situation um, and if I do end up while cutting in game week eight, uh, I would definitely looking at Tony as my third striker. No, that's a, that's a good shout. Um, is it wrong to think about doubling up Arsenal assets? Well, I'd say, why don't you triple up because that's where I could be at soon, so... Definitely would not tell you to um, not double up because at the moment I will have Saka and Tierney. So, yeah, definitely a good shout for these runner fixtures. What about you guys? Yeah, they're looking better. They're looking much better. Uh, they've they showed this week in terms of 
especially that those midfield options uh, which are breaking through. So completely complete agreement, uh, uh, double up if not a triple up on Arsenal. I think you guys know me. I, I'm I'm more a safe manager. I don't I don't want risky. Uh, I don't want uh, to take too many risks. So perhaps one, um, maximum two for me. So as I said earlier, Ramsdale is on my um, radar for you know replacement for for Sanchez. Uh, beyond that, probably Saka if I can't fit him in with my um, midfielder strategy as well. Um, but yeah, I definitely won't be looking at three. No, that's, that's why we work fun. together so well, mate. Um, you got me and Damo Wilden out here for our mullet strategy, and you're just playing the numbers, and it's working for you. So we we work good, yeah. I reckon. You're, you're you're the expert, mate. Um, I just want to say though, in terms of Arsenal, uh, definitely just the one midfield option, not two. Yeah, so no. it's Saka or uh, Odegaard or. Um, Smith Rowe, not do, do not double up on Arsenal assets in the midfield. No, Definitely, that, and don't get, and don't captain them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how many beers I have um, by the weekend. Um, last question: um, Who would you consider from Leicester with their good fixture run? Um, I might just say. I would maybe consider Vardy as a differential. It just depends on um, what your financial situation is, whether you're able to do that or not. I wouldn't be getting out like a Lukaku or Ronaldo to get Vardy in, but I could see some teams possibly playing two up front and having Vardy and Lukaku. So, but that's about all I'd entertain from Leicester at the moment. Yeah, personally, it's no one. Yeah, personally, it's no one for me. Um, if you're on wild card, potentially Vardy's a punt. Um, but you'd be giving up a fair bit to get him. So I think uh, Leicester, as, as well, as good as their fixture run is, I think they're a bit of a pass. Uh, Tien? Yeah, no, I agree on Vardy. It's, it's very tricky, uh, tricky price point for, to, to fit him in anyway. Um, the, the other player, um, obviously, I, I think quite a few people still have in their teams uh, is Harvey Barnes. Um, so I don't know why they still have him, but if you do, perhaps... Considering keeping him another week for Crystal Palace, um, but I, I don't blame you if you want to move him on this week, really. Yeah, I could see a few owners probably holding him to get that two-point return against Palace next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, might get into our team plans heading into game week seven. Um, I pulled the trigger early today and uh, used my two free transfers and getting in that Saka for Joda and getting in Alonso for sure. So those are my two trades for this week. So And then I'll probably be looking at possibly captaining Ronaldo this week, but we'll see how we go. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm definitely looking on to moving on shore, um, more than likely uh, for Alonso, uh, potentially Rudiger, but I, I'm probably leaning towards Alonso just um, in terms of those attacking returns. Uh, I've still got issues with with Joda, but I think he's going to have to wait for now. Uh, as I said, potentially next week, uh, Joda to Saka, uh, and then upgrade the defence a bit more. Potentially to another Chelsea or a Man City asset, but um, that's me at this stage. I've only got the one transfer, so don't want to be taking any more hits. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be sure to uh, either Alonso or Rudiger. 
No, yeah, no, perfect, mate. What about you, Tien? Yeah, again, um, you guys talking about Alonso. I've already made the move to Rudiger because I'm I'm playing this safe. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, <laughs> Shaw is out for me already. I I, I bought um, Rudiger in um, yesterday to just to beat the price rise. Um, I still have my second free transfer, which I'm looking at either moving out Jota or Greenwood to perhaps Rafinha if he's fit. Um, or I'm looking at moving on to um, from Ronaldo to Rulukaku because um, I, I was planning to do that um, in game week nine, but I might be tempting to do it a bit earlier um, because that will give me a clear captain choice because between Ronaldo and Antonio, I'm, I'm very torn at the moment. Um, but if I do bring in Lukaku, he'll definitely get, get the captaincy. Uh, so, so, so my my second free transfer will have to wait for a few more days. I could just picture you sitting at your dining table on Friday night for a few beers, just trying to find out what you're going to do. Very interesting. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that about wraps up the pod this week. Um, for more of our content, head over to my Twitter at FPL underscore amateurs underscore Oz. And for all of Damo's stuff, head over to FPL West Ham. And for Tien's information about his FPL planner and a lot of his other content he's got going on, go over to the FPL planner AU. Also, we're on Facebook at EPL Fantasy Amateurs of Oz. And you'll find our podcast at Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, which if you do drop by iTunes, uh, rate us five stars just to boost us up the rankings. That way we can reach as many ears as possible. Thanks again for coming on the pod today, Damo, mate. You've uh, created some more great content here. And also thank you, special guest Tian. You were awesome today, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you, guys. All right. Good luck this week, guys. Hopefully it's another good one.